Blog Talk Radio. Hello, this is Nick Augustine here with attorney Mark Scroggins of Scroggins Family Law in Dallas, serving Dallas, Collin, and Denton counties. This is the Scroggins Family Law podcast series featuring news and information in Texas divorce and family law. Hello. Today's program is all about protecting your privacy during divorce. Today, some of the topics we'll cover, uh, what information may become public in a traditional divorce litigation. We'll talk about taking steps to protect your online privacy, and we'll talk about social media considerations. We'll also ask, can information be sealed or redacted in certain cases to prevent privacy breaches and identity theft? Also, we'll take a look at what can be done to protect your privacy in out-of-court settlement negotiations. Again, I'm here with board-certified family law attorney Mark Scroggins. He's an aggressive and experienced trial attorney with a sound understanding of business matters that serves him well in family law. An accomplished speaker and author, Mr. Scroggins has practiced family law throughout the state of Texas for over 20 years. He has written about family law matters for Texas Lawyer Magazine and numerous other periodicals, and he's spoken before numerous groups and corporate clients. Now, we have a disclaimer. This program today is a general information program. Program is not legal advice. Listening to this program does not create an attorney-client relationship. For direct information, please call Scroggins Family Law by dialing 214-469-3100. Again, Scroggins Family Law, 214-469-3100. All rights to this broadcast are reserved. It's time to say good afternoon to Mark Scroggins. Hello, Nick. Hey, Mark. How are you doing on a Tuesday where uh, we seem to be having good weather and avoiding storms? Uh, but I bet you're busy. You know, it uh, it is very busy right now. I just got done taking a deposition, and uh, you know, luckily I've got a little <clears throat> a little hole in my calendar right now, so we can uh, we can talk before getting back to all the nuttiness. All right. Well, it's always a good time to take a break from our deposition schedules and things that we have to do at certain times. <laughs> So we can uh, focus on some of the other questions. Uh, you know, as in family law, it's common that you know we say we're family law attorneys joke about we're putting out fires. There's always some right. sort of fire, some sort of level of extinguisher nearby. So <clears throat> among these concerns, the big things are the big fires that get put out, like the disco, you know, the deposition coming up. In the meantime, there are a lot of things that people find when they're looking and researching family law topics. We see things online, and one of the things that pops up from time to time is this uh, idea of privacy during a divorce. The underlying concern here, uh, in an age where so much of our lives are online and technology is just ubiquitous, um, our private information is bought and sold by thieves. Um, certain bits of our information are potentially out there lurking. You know, your your uh, address may be on one list. Your driver's license number could be on some other list. You know, there's a huge business out there of buying and selling information, and all you need is all the right puzzle pieces to either start accounts in someone's name. I've seen uh, things as people getting driver's licenses, uh, filing tax returns, 
doing all sorts of things, and the person whose identity was stolen, they never know it's too late. So that's one concern where we're talking today. The other concern is going to be the idea of personal safety and when you're being threatened and not having someone find you when you don't want to. So those are underlying concerns generally. Um, so Mark, I'd like to know, for people out there who want to know what information of mine goes in public record because people say, oh, everything about me is going to be online when people look up my divorce. So in a traditional case, what type of information is included? Uh, what things are already redacted or extracted? Uh, what can people expect? You know, typically with the, with the filing of, uh, say, the original petition, the, the only information that's going to be out there that someone can, uh, can glean from looking at that is going to be the uh, is going to be the physical address of whoever the respondent is, uh, and that's just out there for purposes of service. Uh, it used to be when you would see uh, final decrees being filed, you would have. I mean, it was just a treasure trove because you had in, you know, contact phone numbers, you know, uh, business address, home address. And worst of all, Social Security. And you'd have the Social Security number of both parties. You'd have Social Security numbers of, of the kids when you got into division of, uh, division of property. And you know you're splitting up the, uh, splitting up the credit cards and the, the accounts. I mean, all of that information was contained in a final decree of divorce. Now, what you typically see is one of a couple things happen. And you still have this generally carry over into even this other document I'm about to talk about. If you are just going to have everything in, say, a final decree of divorce, uh, or if y'all have reached an agreement, an agreed final decree of divorce, you are going to only, say, have the last three numbers of your social and your, uh, your driver's license number. That's going to be the same thing as filing a petition. It's the last three, so they're really not going to be able to gather much off of that because you're missing so many other numbers. Um, same thing goes with, you know, when you list out bank accounts and uh, credit cards and things like that, you're typically going to only leave uh, or only identify, I should say, the last three or four digits of each of those. So with that... Uh, there isn't a whole lot they can glean. Now, what you also might find, and I do this on a, on a lot of cases, is we will use a, an agreed final decree of divorce and we'll use an agreement incident to divorce. Now, the agreement incident to divorce typically is going to just contain the financial uh, aspects. It might have some kid, kid stuff too, but uh, basically you're using the agreement incident to divorce so that you can hide, for lack of a better way of putting it, the uh, you know the important information that you don't want public. So the AID uh, typically is not going to be filed with court, which means it is not going to be subject to uh, you know an information request from the district clerk's office. So that is a that is a huge advantage on doing something like that. To divorce, so that is sealed. I'm sorry, you just cut out. I didn't hear a word you said. now Nick I just yeah it just cut out again so I have got dead air how's now now it's good now now I can hear you okay sorry sorry about that technical difficulty so the agreement incident to divorce 
that is sealed and protected? Uh, well, no, it's not sealed and protected. It's just not filed. I mean, oh, you, can, you can okay. seek to have right. It's not filed. So, I mean, if it's not filed, nobody can get a hold of it. Uh, I mean, you well, can one seek of the to reasons, have. Go ahead. I was just going to say one of the reasons I ask is sometimes people are concerned about the value of assets being made in in a public record. Um, you know, so I mean, I can remember divorce cases in years past where everything you look through a court file you know exactly how much someone makes exactly how much their house is worth and people may want that information not available well right and that's why i was talking about um talking about that stuff now i mean you know most of the time you're still going to end up with an address and you know there isn't a whole lot you can do about that i mean you can get something sealed but you really need to come up with a a uh a decent reason for that. Um, what is much more common is that you just redact a bunch of stuff. Um, you know, or like for a social, you know, you might have XXX dash XX dash X dash, you know, or dash X two, three, four, you know, that kind of thing. That is what is, is much more common uh, to do. All right. Well, now, what happens in the event that the person on the other side has a lawyer who fails to do that, or the person on the other side has fired their lawyer and is now representing themselves or is representing themselves the whole way and is not savvy and does not know? And let's say they uh, attach things to the file. Uh, something that they're filing, either something responsive, maybe it's in discovery, and they include all this information that the person on the other end says, hey, I don't want that in there, and that's all public record. What can someone do? Well, I mean, that's when you need to file a motion to, uh, you know, a motion to seal the file. And, uh, and, you know, I would get that on immediately. And, you know, when you when you seek to have and then when you when you get the court order sealing the file i mean that case does not show up in a search so for for example if somebody wanted to you know search you know uh search for you or search for me and they go on to uh you know the let's say that i had gotten a divorce in san antonio and they want to find out about it so they go and do a search in the Bear County website. Well, if I have had that file sealed, nobody's going to find anything. Okay, it's sealed, and which means it shows up like there is nothing there. So, I mean, it takes an actual call to the clerk's office, or you know, going down there in person and and being able to uh, being able to get a hold of some of that information. And then you're not just going to you know, it's not going to if it's sealed, it's not going to be given to just anybody. So uh, you know, typically it's going to be just uh, the parties to the case or an attorney representing them. Could it be sealed? Uh, what are the grounds for having it sealed? Do you have to have a breach of something or an immediate threat of harm? Typically it's going to be an immediate threat of harm. Uh, and there, there are some other things that I – mean, here, here's the best thing I can say. I mean, without getting – you know, without going – into it all if if you've got a question about the ability to seal your case 
uh, call a lawyer, whether it's me or somebody else, and they can walk you through that process. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's not terribly difficult, but it's also not just, you know, run of the mill. I mean, it's not something that you deal with all the time. So it does behoove you to, uh, you know, to talk to somebody if that is something that you are concerned about. You know, in, in, in that conversation, what one might discover is a lot of the talk that we may see in articles and online about these uh, privacy concerns, about how extremely dangerous it is to have information out there. I mean, everyone has the pants skirt off of them. And a lot of times when you see some of these articles, they're tied to articles about alternatives to traditional divorce litigation where things are kept out of court. So I've seen a lot of these concerns raised by people who are uh, working in collaborative divorce uh, where everything is kept out of court until, uh, you know, the final, the final settlement. Um, I just wonder if, uh, you know, that is the driving force behind, you know, a lot of things where people are concerned about, you know, settlements, but I suppose in traditional litigation, uh, you still could have settlement conferences and, uh, you know, have a lot of these things handled where they don't have to be produced in documents and evidence that go through hearings and, and other things that end up being public record. Well, that's exactly right. I mean, you know, typically you're not going to have a whole bunch of stuff that is public record until until a final trial uh, there where you're looking at exhibits and things of that sort that are, you know, part of, part of the record. Um, you know, you're going to have your petition, you're going to have answers, but, you know, discovery and discovery responses are not filed with the court anymore. You know, I remember the day when all that used to be on file, and, you know, that was nuts. All that stuff was out there. So, uh, so now it's different. I mean, you know, they're trying to get less and less, and, um, you know, and they're, their reasons to to keep certain things uh, shielded and their other reasons not. So it's that um, you know that that tight wire we walk with uh, uh, you know wanting to protect some privacy but yet having a freedom of information. So that's a that's a hard one to do. Yeah, <clears throat> here's another. I'll throw this out of uh, a curveball at you here, since uh, we are on baseball season is underway. Very exciting time in spring in North Texas. Uh, makes me quite happy. Um, you know, and, and a lot of times uh, we may have people who work in law firms who are on their way out to uh, go catch a ball game after a, you know, a bunch of depositions and a hard day's work. And I, I remember working in a family law firm and, you know, that being a Friday and being able to get out early and go to a game. And, you know, you have that last person there to lock up the office. And I remember times that I was that last person there to lock up the office and I remember when we were taking such extra care to make sure that Social Security numbers were redacted on anything that we were uh, filing. And I always thought, you know, the cleaning people are coming in right afterwards. They have a key. They have access. And uh, <laughs> all this information is just sitting out there. Um, if you wanted to be a spy or a thief or, or someone, get a job cleaning uh, one of those office buildings where there's lots of law firms. Uh, you know, so I think of internal security. Um, I suppose it's a ca on a case by case basis, but it's another uh, it's another concern where your information that you consider to be private and non public is trusted in the hands of others. And um, I don't know. I guess it's just something I think that's noteworthy since we're talking about this. 
Yeah, I mean, that's a hard one. Hell, all you have to do is look at the movie Wall Street. I mean, that's where, you know, Buddy Fox was getting his information, was, was by acting as a, a cleaner of a, you know, big, big uh, Wall Street uh, uh, law firm. So that's a hard thing. I mean, but that's one of the reasons that we try to go um, digital on most stuff. So, you know, I get, uh, you know, I don't deal in paper the way I used to. So, um, you know, if I get something that is paper, typically it is scanned and uploaded into uh, my manner management uh, software and then shredded. So uh, that's one of the safeguards that, uh, you know, that we routinely take in, in doing that kind of stuff. And I think you find uh, an awful lot of, you know, an awful lot of uh, law firms that do the same thing. Well, it's just being proactive. And um, when we kind of have a call to be proactive when we have knowledge of some of the bad things that can happen in the world. And I predict that a topic tied to this whole idea of privacy and security that we might see more and more in the future is the topic of spouses hacking each other. Um, it's one thing to say, well, I have my spouse's email uh, PIN number, you know, I have the password of their email. I wonder if it's the same as their this. They try to get into their Facebook account. They try to do this. They try to do that. Um, you know, they have a simple Gmail account. They hire someone in the black market. I mean, I mean, the, you, you, what used to be the days of people hiring the private investigator with the, the bug machine under the car and the key logging device on the computer to, uh, to do all this spying. And uh, nowadays, I'm sure that um, with the right searching, um, you know, I have certain, I can just picture certain areas, <laughs> areas in town where you might find someone who can get into someone's information. Um, have you, Mark, have you seen um, much in the way of vendors offering security uh, or concerns with hacking and information security with uh, your soon-to-be ex? Well, you definitely see that. I mean, but here's, you know, here's the thing. You run a huge risk in doing that kind of stuff now. I mean, you know, there has been, uh, you know, you've got federal and state wiretapping acts that get into uh, a bunch of that. Uh, there, are other, uh, there are other statutes that get involved with that as well. And these, you know, don't just have civil, civil ramifications. They have criminal uh, penalties. So, you know, you're <laughs> you could be staring at time on on some of this stuff. And uh, not only does it have a, a risk for the person who is doing the hacking, but if the lawyer got a hold of it, you know, and uses it, you know, their ass is on the line. And I got to tell you, yeah. I mean, I'm, you know, I will zealously represent my clients. But, you know, that's just, yeah, I'm not willing to do time <laughs> for anybody. So yeah, well, you know, <laughs> so you know divorce lawyers don't get a percentage of the uh, percentage of the estate. This is not like that. Um, I would that think that the exactly product, right. though, the product to be sold to uh, the product to be sold to the family law folks, and they only have these people coming to all the bench bars. Um, it'll be the uh, you know how to protect yourself from being hacked and anti-spyware software. I mean, there's, I mean, man, you take the industry of family law. And just think of the products and services that people could sell. Uh, you know, they say people make purchases and decisions based on emotions and then they justify them with logic later. I mean, I can just see, I mean, man, I should, uh, I should quit this podcast right now and go get it. 
start developing <laughs> software. Make millions. But I just I think it's going to be something that um, we should look at in the future. And social media, boom. Oh, my goodness. Uh, talk about a treasure trove of information and, uh, you know, be just, oh, wow, buyer's remorse on so many things. Uh, you never know what is out there that people are going to use to paint a bad picture of you. And so when we see some of these articles uh, that talk about protecting your personal safety and divorce, um, I came across one. I mean, it's interesting what you find when doing a Google search for, uh, you know, divorce and privacy matters. I came across an article that's talking about social media and going uh, back and making sure that everything is set private and blocking certain people who you don't want to know that you took the kids to such and such a park at such and such a time or that you went and had lunch with uh, someone you knew from high school who showed up after you were already in the process of getting divorced. Uh, you know, there's all sorts of uh, interesting, you know, we talk about the uh, people who engaged in uh, private investigators. I mean, now, you know, anyone with a computer and a cell phone and too much time on their hands is, you know, one of the worst private investigators out there. But what's some tips for people who want to make sure that their privacy is safe and they're being safe using social media, yet not creating some egregious errors because they happen to be in a divorce? Oh, my gosh. Uh, well, if you've got questions about what laws are going to apply, call a lawyer. That's always the safest thing. Um, you know, a lot of this comes down to common sense. If uh, you know, and I I realize that we deal with you know we are in a time that uh, you know not everybody's got a ton of it. Uh, but you know, if you're doing something that that makes you think, hmm, gee, I wonder if I should be doing that. The answer is generally don't. You know, call call a lawyer and talk to him about stuff. Um, you know, some of these things are great, but you've got to be real careful with them. Here's here's an example of one thing that where people get get into trouble. Um, you know, Texas is one of these, is, is a state where, like, recorded conversations, okay, uh, only one person has to know about it. So if you and I are sitting in my office and, you know, you're telling me stuff, I can take that conversation whether you know about it or not, okay? Not every state is like that, but that's Texas. However, if I walk out of the room and I put a tape recorder under the desk and then you're on the phone talking to somebody else and I pick that up, that's wiretapping, then I'm in a whole lot of trouble related to that. Now, additionally, where people can get into trouble is, you know, uh, they will put a spyware on, on a computer that, say, is, um, you know, is a family computer that is, that is used by everybody, or maybe even worse, you put it on the spouse's computer. And uh, so it picks up keystrokes. And so based on those keystrokes, uh, you find out that, you know, he or she is having an affair with, you know, somebody down the street and doing this, that, and the other. Well, you know, you've just run into all kinds of troubles because of that move. So you really have to be exceptionally careful in, in doing this kind of stuff. I mean, you just get into so, <laughs> so much trouble. So, you know, if if you have that little bell that goes off that says, hmm, maybe I shouldn't be doing this, you're right. You probably shouldn't. Call a lawyer and find out, hey, what do I need to do to find out about this, that, or the other, and they can walk you through it. So, <clears throat> Well, 
I mean, things they, I couldn't just imagine uh, questions come up about, you know, hey, do you think that your the other side's lawyer is going to ask you about this one thing on Facebook where so-and-so happened and this and that happened, and the person, oh, freak out, and I'm just going to delete my social media. Just delete it all. Delete, 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 delete. Well, delete, delete right. might not always be good. Um, are there, what, are, what are the rules about deleting? When people say, Mark, I'm just going to delete all my social media. Well, I mean, frankly, it, uh, it depends on whether or not a lawsuit's already been filed. If a lawsuit hasn't already been filed, then you know, there isn't anything to keep you from deleting whatever you want to delete. Um, if a lawsuit has already been filed, um, that's story most uh you know most of the counties are going to have standing orders that tell you not to do that now another example of when you could get into trouble doing that let's say that uh you know bob hires me to represent him in a divorce and he uh his wife is a major player in let's say a privately held oil company okay I might not have time to get everything done on uh, getting the petition drafted and and the company sued to keep keep them from destroying emails um, pursuant to their uh, destruction policy. So what I might want to do is send out a cease and desist uh, to them. So that's going to have a little bit more teeth. But uh, generally, if somebody's already filed and you've already been served, you know, don't go deleting anything. You're going to get you're going to get into trouble with that. If you have not been served with anything and you turn around, you know, you delete a bunch of stuff. That's a different story. Now, and and here's just from a practical standpoint, social media is a different deal than say email and text messages. Those tend to be a lot easier to recover. Uh, recovering stuff on social media once it's been erased, it's not that it's impossible to do, but you are going to end up in a big fight with the the social media provider. I mean, that just uh, that is just a rough thing a lot of the time. So that's just something to keep in mind. You know, it's a phrase I always kind of goes in the back of my head. One of the things I remember that from you, Mark, I always saying, don't don't hit send. Do not hit send. Think before you hit send. Right. <laughs> The more I'm glad that people like you say that so much because it, you know, I've I've heard your voice in my little head before saying, "Don't hit send." Um, but another thing that we always hear people say, it's easier to ask for forgiveness than for permission. But again, I, big red flag of caution in the world of um, of trying to do things on your own. And I just this morning someone told me. Um, this is someone who's, I don't think, ever been in a lawsuit or a divorce that says, well, if it's not criminal, lawsuits are easy, and all the information that you couldn't find before is now it's online. You can even find out how to do it online. And, um, you know, just a word to the caution to the, you know, people trying to do all these things on their own and think, well, then I'll just hire the lawyer right before the final trial. And it's, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, there, you can, there's plenty of ways to get yourself into hot water here with, you know, concerns about privacy, social media, information, how things are kept, how things are held, what a judge is going to expect, uh, what kind of behavior you might think is completely appropriate and fine and a, a judge might find wholly errant and inappropriate. Um, right. So, you know, ideally we don't get divorced many, many times in our lives, but it's a major change and a major effect. 
on our life moving forward and how we operate, and it's worth getting it done with some dignity intact and worth right. getting it done correctly. You know. Any final words on any of our topics today, Mark? No, I mean, the, the key thing I would say is just be careful. I mean, you know, the, what you need to do is, uh, you know, if you have a concern about, uh, you know, privacy issues or certain information getting out, you need to make sure to address that with your attorney and, um, you know, do it from the very beginning and let them know that, hey, there, there's an issue here and there's an issue there and these are things that are really high on my priority list. And, you know, doing that is going to save you a lot of pain and suffering down the road. So, uh, you know, like, like we've talked about it, it's, uh, or, you know, it's much, much easier to ring the bell than unring the bell. You know what I mean? So once that stuff is out there, you can do some stuff to try to protect yourself, but it's difficult. So, you know, better not to do it if you can avoid it. Right. Well, and also by, by getting the, the you know advice and wisdom of someone who's you know, quite experienced in in family law and divorce and someone who's board certified and knows the ins and outs um, your stress level will be less you'll be able to sleep better likely make better decisions and be able to get through the process and get that fresh start uh, sooner rather than later with your 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 head intact your heart intact and your dignity intact so. Do it the right way. So, Mark, anyone who wants to get a hold of you or find out more information um, on this topic or any other interesting topics in family law, where should they go? You know, you can always reach me at the office, 214-469-3100. You can email me directly at mark at scrogginsfamilylaw.com. Uh, or you can uh, you can go to our website, scrogginsfamilylaw.com, and you know, check out some of the videos, and uh, there, there's just a lot of good information up there. And uh, you can send me an email through the website, too. So any one of those works, and, uh, you know, we'll be happy to help you out. All right. Well, Mark, always enjoy the uh, conversations, and we'll be back next month with more exciting, fun topics. Until then, everyone stay busy. Enjoy the uh, upcoming Easter holiday and Holy Week, and I uh, hope everyone has a good spring and can get outside with your family and enjoy the weather before it gets too hot that is a good idea everybody have a happy easter and we will uh talk soon all right bye-bye everyone thanks bye-bye